What is going on? I want to welcome you again from Half Court. I, of course, am your host, Sean Murphy. And today I am joined by national champion head coach, Nobzilla, Chris Novlet. Chris, how you doing, man? Always good, good to Sean. Have you how here. you doing? Oh, I'm so good, Chris. It's so good to see your face. My goodness. And then the Prince of Hype is here on Skype. The man, the myth, the legend, Tony D. Tony Dombrowski is back. The first returning guest joining from half court. Tony, it's so good to see you, man. How's it going? Sean, thanks for having me back on. Um, I'm doing all right. Lost a little bit of money this week, but we'll talk about that. Um, (laughs) Other than that, though, I'm doing pretty good. Glad to hear it, man. Dude, I when we sat down, if you haven't listened to it, by the way, uh, my second episode of the podcast, Tony was my first guest, and he's now the first returning guest for a reason. Um, you know, we figured we got to talk hoops, man. Like, you know, our, our episode is great, but we didn't talk much basketball. And with everything going on, um, we got to talk some basketball. So I'm just glad that you guys are here. I'm glad that we can do this. Uh, is this if this is your first time listening, this is from Half Court, an NBA podcast, or each and every week on Tuesday mornings, we talk about NBA basketball, everything that is going on in the league. You can find us on podcast services around the globe. You can find me on Twitter at Shawnee West 255. Chris is at Chris Noblet 3, and Tony is at Tony Dombrowski. So be sure to give him a follow. He's, he's the dude. Um, but guys, I want to get started. First of all, you mentioned sports betting, Tony. I just want to first ask how much money did you lose? What, what did you, what did you do? What, what, what got you caught up there? Tony? Uh, well, I had a winning week last week. I was up over $36, which was good. Okay. Um, but this week I'm right now I'm down about 30 but we're going to try to get some parlays going tonight to try to get that money back, you know, but the way I lost the money this week, I usually always bet NBA and NHL and they just haven't hit this week. I don't know. It just hasn't been a a successful betting week, but it happens sometimes, you know? Oh, 100%. I find, I find the NBA has been so much harder to, to bet and predict this year, just because like the fact, the lack of the home court advantage, um, the, the lack of defense that we're seeing played this year, I feel like it's just been way harder to do. Chris, what's your experience been like, man? Guys, I'm going to be honest with you. I am so soft when it comes to betting. Like <laughs> I bet like, you know, five bucks on a game and you know, then well, your payouts like eight fifty five. you know, that sort of thing. So that has been mine. And luckily, I mean, I've done pretty well on even parlays. I've done okay. Um, but mm-hmm. I normally bet pretty much NBA and college basketball. That's where I go. I know nothing about the NHL. Like you tell I, I know nothing about it. But I will say, and I do bet on UFC as well. But where I have won the majority of my money is on tennis. And I know nothing about tennis. I'm going to be honest with you. I know nothing about tennis. It's just I went kind of crazy there for a minute and was like, I'm going to bet on these underdogs because, you know, t- anything can happen in tennis. And sure enough, I did okay. I, I know nothing about tennis. But, but Sean, I also – I got I to gotta call you out on something really quick. I got to oh, call boy. you out on something. All right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, in the intro, you called me national champion head coach. That is I not said true. National ch- I said national champion coach. You said head coach. Tony, back oh. me up here. Did he say head coach? I think I did hear head coach. Yeah. All right. Dang. Okay. That's I right. can't yep. take that away from coach Bailey. I can't take that away from coach Bailey. Right. National champion <laughs> assistant coach. There, there you go. Okay. My bad. Okay. There we go. Yep. Okay. But anyways, now we're back on topic. So regarding tennis, I honestly, it was, and yeah, you're laughing because it's the most bizarre thing. And if you know me, I do not watch tennis. I could honestly care less about tennis, but that is where I've won the majority of my money to be honest with you. Do you, do you go with whichever, whichever player has the most syllables and, and names that you can't pronounce? That's the person that you put your money on. Is that how you bet tennis? No, honestly. So you can, you can bet in, in match, right? So I go, if it's close, you know, if they're down, you know, a couple, you know, if they're down like 30 love or something, I'll bet and say, all right, they got a chance to come back and win this thing because their odds are, are not good. 
Right. And so that's right. how it, you know, that's how I go about it. I've actually done all right. I've also lost a lot, but you know, <laughs> right. No, I want a lot I, too. So I, I respect it. I, um, so I, I do mainly NBA betting. I'll look at spreads, point spreads, and I'll just go, which, which spread just looks like the dumbest to me. Like how, like, um, how do they have Chicago this close to like the 76ers, something like that. Um, but I've also started doing like longer, like prop bets in the set, like player prop bets. Um, I bet on NFL MVP. I put, um, I put five bucks on Matt Stafford for that because I think him, him oh, going yes. out to him going out to LA with, uh, with Sean McVay, you know, he, I figured that was a good bet. And like, I put $5 on it and I could win 40 from the payout there. Um, and then um, NBA MVP, I put Joel Embiid. I put $5 on Joel Embiid and I could win 30 on that. Um, so uh, yeah, that's, I, I had some really good success and then the Super Bowl happened and it has been absolutely terrible ever since the Super Bowl because I, I thought the Chiefs were going to win. I thought Tom Brady was going to pass her some yards and it was just the worst Super Bowl I've ever seen, but that's not basketball. So <laughs> we don't have to talk about that. Um, but speaking of MVP, I kind of want to start with that because I think around this time of year, especially with the all-star game coming up and things like that, I think this is when the MVP conversation just really starts ramping up. Um, you start to see who's really in contention. Um, so um, Tony, since you're our guest, I kind of want to start with you. Um, do you have like a short list of people that you're look players that you're looking at right now of potential MVP guys? What do, what are you looking um... at here, Tony? I mean, if I had to make a list of like three or four guys in no order, because I right. have one specific guy that I want to talk about, um, I think you would have to mention LeBron, Joker, and Embiid as like probably yeah. the three top guys to go for right now, which they all absolutely do deserve it with the way they've been playing this year. Yeah. But the player that I want to talk about is a player who is balling out as we speak, and it just seems like no one's giving him that much love. That's Damian Lillard. Dame has been in his bag this season. Like yes, I know, thank you. I know not a lot of people watch the Trailblazers because they play in Portland and the the time zones are messed up and everything. Because we're here in the East Coast, at least I am. But he's he's going off this year. He's averaging thirty points per game while shooting forty five percent from the field and almost forty percent from downtown. He's just going off this year, and no one's really talking about him. And the thing with Dame, too, is that it's only him right now on Portland. CJ got hurt. Nurkic is hurt, I believe. Again, uh, Collins, yeah. I also think, is hurt, too. Yep. There's just so many injuries on that team right now. It's just Dame, and he is the reason that Portland is still fighting for a playoff spot in the West right now. So, though the early favorites probably should be LeBron and beating Joker, Dame should be in the conversation to me. Yeah, and and if you think about it, if you look at it, he's got them in the fifth seed right now. Like they're eighteen eleven, they're well above five hundred. And to your point, it is just Dame, Rob, maybe Robert Covington from time to time, and then just a group of guys that just are able to put on the uniform. And it's it's surprising to me because. We, I feel like this has been a conversation for a few years now where we said, okay, Damian Lillard just does not get the respect that, that he deserves. And we, and we say it in that moment, and it's like we completely forget about it. We rule him out completely, and then we just start the cycle all over again. He has been absolutely dominating, and he has even more buzzer beaters that are just ridiculous too. Like the one he had against Chicago, like where he just hit, hit him with that fade, like that step-back fader at the buzzer. Like, oh, my God. Gosh, dude, Damian Lillard absolutely deserves to be in that conversation without a doubt. I don't think he's going to win, but I certainly think he needs to be in that conversation. Chris, you you sounded you sounded excited about it too. I need to hear your I need to hear your perspective as well. Yeah, well, you know me anyways. Like I'm a point guard guy anyways. I mean, I played a big, you know, I was a center when I played, but mm-hmm. my mind works more like a point guard. So, right. I am a big point guard guy, but I like you said, I people are sleeping on on Damian Lillard big time. He uh and with the year he had last year, he had a huge year anyways. Yeah. And he's just building on that. And it's crazy because 
his career, you know, it's just going to keep getting better. So I think yeah. you're going to, you know, he's going to have some big years ahead. Yeah. But I also agree, you know, I think, I think Joker is up there. Um, LeBron and beat. I think as always, you're going to have to throw Giannis in there. He's always going to have the, have the numbers just because he won back to back, you know, right. um, stuff like that. And he hasn't had an, you know, an extraordinary year. It's not been great. It's not been bad. He's going to put his, his numbers up that, you expect but right i think lillard should be talked about he won't be but he should be for sure yeah 100 and and with that too just um also uh chris and i are even talking right before this too just about the all-star starters and things like that and how um you know how even damian lillard's being overlooked there too because even though like here because here's the thing steph curry full stop like he is having one of his best seasons in his career another guy that Pete that just doesn't get the respect he deserves. I mean, he's the greatest shooter of all time. He's going to get respect, but Damian Lillard to me is they're both being asked to do a lot. Right. But to me, I think golden state has, does not have any expectation to do anything this year. And like Portland every year goes in and says, why not us? You know what I mean? So um, to me, this is kind of a year where Steph Curry is just kind of proving what he can do again. But Damian Lillard is trying to go out there and bring his team to the finals. Like he's like, they're actually trying to compete. So to me, I think that that has to make a difference, right? At least to me, it does. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think especially um, you look at Golden State and really, I mean, to be honest, you know, Clay's out now Mm -hmm. and so they've got Steph who in my opinion you guys can disagree if you want but Steph Curry is arguably the greatest point guard of all time arguably for sure um maybe not my opinion you know but I think he is my my inner Pistons fan gets triggered a little bit Tony I I could see you a little bit I don't know I was thinking IT he's he's up there for me but I wouldn't say he's the best of all time He's gonna, right, fair he's, enough. By the end of his career, I think that conversation could change. Um, but I, I, my argument would be is that he doesn't do it like he's not the he's not that traditional point guard. He doesn't yeah, fit that agreed. mold at all. He is he is an uh, an anomaly of a basketball player. So that's, that's what I say. That's agreed. Where, he doesn't. Uh, he's not your typical point guard. That's what makes him yeah. so different. You know, right? Because you think of your typical point guard, and it's going to be a playmaker. You know, like. You think a typical point guard, you think of, you know, Steve Nash, someone like that. Right. You know, who is my all-time favorite point guard. But anyways, that's a different story. But um, anyways, Golden State, they have Clay out. So now you've got Steph, you've got Draymond, who he could get tossed any night like he did last night. Um, But then you've got – here we got James Wiseman. You know, it's like they don't have – really, they've got Steph Curry. You know, so right. but they, they came into the season expecting Clay, and that didn't happen. So they were kind of expecting a run. But like you said, Portland's kind of got a chip on their shoulder saying, All right, we got Damian Lillard. We come in thinking we're not the best team here, but we can make a run. You know, right. so they, they've got that chip knowing they can make a run, but they're just like, Yeah, why not? Like you said, let's do it. Let's go. And they do, they make the playoffs and they make, you know, a decent run every year but they just can't get over that hump because you come across teams like Golden State and Los Angeles every year. Yeah, 100%. And I think ultimately, uh, I still think Portland is a, is a star away from being in that serious contention. Um, I think uh, when I think of guys that they, like, I think they need like a wing, like an athletic two-way wing that can go get a bucket, but that's the hardest commodity to get in hoops. Um, I feel like 2018 Blake Griffin would have been perfect for them. Um, like, like if they could get like a version of that Blake, I, I still think that would be an interesting destination for Blake in the buyout market. But, um, yeah, I, I think that's a difficult situation for me to pinpoint because, um, it always just feels like they're a piece away from contending, which sucks because I just want to see Damian Lillard, um, compete in an NBA finals. I think that would just be next level. Um, speaking of NBA finals, that kind of brings me to our kind of what I wanted to talk about is our main topic of the show, which is 
you know, we're, we're getting to halfway to the season, which is crazy because it just began a few months ago, like in the middle of December. And with everything that's going on, it seems like a foregone conclusion at the beginning of the year, Lakers are going to repeat, especially with the additions that they made, Dennis Schroeder, um, Marcus Gasol, Montrez Harrell, on top of the team that they had last year already. But then you have Brooklyn, who goes and gets James Harden, who gets a returning Kevin Durant, who is playing like vintage Kevin Durant when he's healthy. And then you have uh, you have the Milwaukee Bucks who go and get Drew Holiday, but they've been struggling a lot. To me, this has been one of the hardest years to pinpoint who's going to win the championship or who's going to be in contention. And so I want to throw out to you guys, do you, who is your, who is your list of contenders? Who's your list of pretenders? Uh, what, what do you think is, is going to, is going to happen this year? How do you think it's going to shape out? It's such a heavy question, man. It, 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 is, it is interesting to think about, you know, shameless plug. I did talk about this on trash talk last week and yeah, trash it, talk with Tony Dabrowski. Go give it a listen. It's a great podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but again, it's, it's interesting because what we talked about on my show was how really outside of the Lakers, it seems like there's an issue with every other team. And that gives us no faith to trust them. I mean, when the Lakers are fully healthy and we do have to see what this AD entry looks like going forward, but when they are fully healthy to me, they're still the favorite to repeat. Um, But outside of them, I don't know, man. I just don't trust anybody else. I mean, if you look in the West, the only other two teams I think really have a shot to compete with the Lakers in the West are the Clippers and the Jazz. But do you really think the Jazz are going to take that next level in the postseason? I, I don't know. And then does anybody trust the Clippers? I don't. I don't trust the Clippers at all. So I don't know, man. Out of the West, I still feel like it's the Lakers. But if that AD yeah. injury is worse than what it already looks like it might be because it's an Achilles thing, then yeah. that's definitely going to make things interesting going forward. But as for the Eastern Conference really quickly, I mean, again, it just seems like there's an issue with every team. But I guess Philadelphia, I mean, my only thing with Philly is that, again, I don't know if I can really trust them in the playoffs against a team like Brooklyn. Um, And speaking of Brooklyn, I mean, their biggest issue is obviously defense. I don't know if they're going to be able to beat the Lakers in a seven-game series because of that defense, especially if he's healthy. Um, you also mentioned Milwaukee. I mean, they have not been as good as what we thought this year. And they've been a shell of themselves, man. It is yeah. it's like it's like watching the skeleton of the Milwaukee Bucks, to be honest. That's what it feels like. There's there's big issues in Milwaukee right now. Oh, and yeah. if it if it continues to go the way that it's going right now, it's it's, it's I don't want to say it's gonna be interesting again because I've said that already about this this entire playoff <laughs> picture, but right. it really is going to be interesting to see what happens this offseason because they just signed Giannis to a max. Yeah. So that, they got some problems in Milwaukee to figure out, but that's neither here or there. Yeah, um, yeah. Mike Mike Budenholzer's seat is getting a little toasty mm-hmm. over, over in Milwaukee, man. He, mm-hmm. He's feeling – he's, he's got to be feeling it. He has to be. Oh, yeah. He's feeling after last year when the Heat knocked out the Bucks in the second round. They brought him back, and everyone was kind of like, okay, well, now you really got to show out this year and look mm-hmm. at them. They have not been the same team. Yeah, um, 100%. But yeah, like I said already, really outside of the Lakers, if AD comes back healthy, I just don't know how much faith I have in anybody else right now. Right. No, I completely get that. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think really there is no – other team that you can even really compare to the Lakers besides Brooklyn, maybe if, but if AD is healthy, it's a whole different, you know, scenario. I think, you know, you look at the Lakers in the West, it's going to be a, you know, Fady's healthy. They're not, nobody's gonna be able to touch them again right in the West. Um, because like you said, the Clippers, they're so iffy, like, especially, Kawhi is going to get his numbers. He's going to be pretty consistent. 
But Paul George is one of the most inconsistent players I have ever seen in my entire life. I mean, he'll get his numbers, but it's like, are you going to show up for like, you know, a consistent, where, where's your head at kind of thing? Is your head fully in this game? Or are you just going to show up for two quarters and then, you know, not do anything the rest of the game? So, like I said, Kawhi, he's he's pretty consistent. And, but Paul George, it's it's iffy. Um, but that's also the the Pacer fan in me being salty about it. So the, there's also that. <laughs> but um, the Bucks, um, I agree. I don't think they're gonna. Though if if the season keeps up the way it's going now, they're gonna get you know tossed in the first round. To be honest, <laughs> they're just like they're they're not the first or second round second round max. They're not gonna make it anywhere. Wow. Wow, I mean, you there look. There it is. I mean, if you look, they just aren't doing anything. Like if they're I, doing nothing special. I don't mean to cut you off, Chris. No, if I ahead. can, add, if I can add this really quickly. If the playoffs started today, Milwaukee in the first round to face Toronto. I'm telling you right now, I take Toronto. Whoa. Okay, Tony. Wow. Okay, I. I that's a. You're coming and dropping bombs right now, man. That's a bold prediction. I like it. Yeah, you said you said Toronto over Milwaukee. I would take Toronto over Milwaukee yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying because they just aren't, you know, yeah, producing like like you said. I mean, they have you go out and get Drew Holiday. You sign Giannis to a max contract, and you know he's he had a triple double today. He had a career high. Had you know had his numbers, but they just team basketball for them right now is not a not a strong suit <laughs> to be honest. And, and so I think you look right now in the, in the East and Philly almost has to be your favorite right now in the East, because coming into the season, I would have thought Milwaukee would have been for me. I would have thought Miami would have been okay. They wouldn't have been a favorite, but they would have been a contender because of Jimmy Butler. And, but he got hurt and he wasn't the same after that. He finally got his first triple double the other night. Um, of the season he's had 10 since he's been there but he did not you know he just hadn't been the same since he's been back so yeah I think right now you know you have to look if 80 is healthy Los Angeles for sure in the west and Philadelphia in the the east for sure and this is where it's going to get fun Um, I was hoping this was going to happen and it did because I disagree with you both and here's why so uh (laughs) <laughs> uh made Chris almost spit out his Mountain Dew voltage. Uh, Pistons okay. in the finals. No, God, no. Uh trust I'm the process. For that. Yeah, I, hey, if they get in the playing game, they're gonna they would make someone's life a living hell in that first round. They would they would not make it easy. Um, but anyway, okay. First of all, Philadelphia. Let's just start there. Because when I think of teams in the NBA playoffs that have question marks on question marks. There is no team to me that is a bigger question mark in a playoff setting than the Philadelphia 76ers. Just because of the fact that for one, we know Joel Embiid can go out there and perform. He is not, he is probably one of, if not the hardest guy to defend in the NBA um, from the sense of the multiple ways that he can beat you on a basketball court. But at the end of the day, I have not seen it yet where where with Ben Simmons in a playoff series where he has just been taken out of every, he is essentially in every playoff series I've seen Ben Simmons so far, he, he has been not even a factor on the offensive end of the ball. Granted, that's not his game. I get it. But when, but when they can just, just completely just focus on the other four guys in the court, they don't have to worry about you as as a as a threat they can just guard you from the free throw line and they know for a fact that if they can just stop you from getting into the paint he's he is taken out of the series almost entirely he's going to make it he's going to be a great he's one of if not the best defender in the league he's certainly going to be a a factor on the defensive side of the ball whoever he faces in any series he's going to make their star player's life a living hell but at the end of the day until i've seen Ben Simmons not be taken out of a series and not schemed out of a series. It is hard for me to pick them, especially because yes, Brooklyn has struggled defensively. I completely get it. However, if they can defend just well enough, 
no team can stop them offensively in a seven-game series. You can you can make them struggle one night. Can you make them struggle four nights? That's here's, my question. Here's the thing, though, with Brooklyn. Do you actually think that they can do that defensively, though? Their yes. best defender is Bruce Brown. Yes, I do. I, I, I made do. Chris giggle, but it's true. Bruce Brown is their best defender, and that's my oh, biggest thing with you. Brooklyn. Oh, my God. Like, I don't know if I can trust them to lock someone down in one game, let alone in a seven-game series in the playoffs. Right. That, it, that's it, kind of my biggest thing with Brooklyn. I know they got the big three there, but for me personally, the reason why Philadelphia is just kind of the favorite by default is because what you did say about Philadelphia is true. And I've also said that with Philly. I don't know if I can trust them, but at least that's better than saying – oh, they got this one glaring problem, either right. offensively or defensively. I don't have that problem with Philadelphia, but I have that with everybody else, and especially Brooklyn. And you can make the argument that no one plays defense, and that is true. But in the playoffs, you will start to see defense. Yeah. And from as, Brooklyn's standpoint, I don't know if we're going to see that at all. Yeah. As, as, a, as a Detroit sports fan, this narrative that – defense is no longer a bat and is no longer a factor in the national basketball association is quite frankly, not true because if you pay attention, the teams that have made it to the finals the past few years, although yes, they have been offensive juggernauts. The warriors also did it on the defensive end too. So um, to me, that's just something that gets overlooked a lot, but I, I definitely understand that. And also, you know, if you do break it down, segment by segment like coaching wise i would take doc rivers right now as a coach over steve nash i know that's a hot take like dropping bombs over here that is certainly a factor um but i i definitely think that brooklyn is going to be the destination in the buyout market i think they are i think if here's the thing and i never thought i would say this in my entire life if they bring in andre drummond I feel like that could make a big difference. I never thought I would say that about Andre Drummond literally ever in my life. But I feel like that is like one situation where if he comes in and he actually buys into what they need him to do, I think that's just a cheat code from the sense from the sense that imagine giving that team second chance buckets on a consistent basis and also getting the best defensive rebounder and someone that can relatively rim protect. I'm just saying. I think that would be I think that would be a cheat code. And, I, and the looks I'm getting from both of you right now are saying that you both absolutely disagree. Un, until <laughs> Sean, you'll know this. And I'm not trying to hit on Andre, but you know no. this. If and when that happens, Andre goes to Brooklyn. And if and when the Brooklyn Nets meet the 76ers in the playoffs, who lives rent free in Andre Drummond's head? Dude, I said it before in this podcast. Joel Embiid, he's got a condo in, in, in Andre Drummond's head. That's his vacation getaway spot. That's where he has pictures of, of his family in there. You know, Joel Embiid, he's got a he has got a beautiful, luxurious condo beachside up in the up in Andre Drummond's head. You're absolutely right there. Um, but also at the same time, um, Again, it just comes down to you got to look at your best guys. And although, yes, Joel Embiid can put up can put up points, he is a he is a certified walking bucket, and he has he has been so throughout the playoffs. Um, until I see Ben Simmons step up and be become a factor on a consistent night to night basis in a playoff game, it is hard for me to justify saying that I think that they can win the finals. Um, now, as far as the Western Conference goes, um, if the playoffs were to start today, I think that we are overlooking the fact that with this Anthony Davis injury, yes, like you have to assume if he's healthy by playoff time, they are absolutely they are absolutely the favorite, and as they should be, there is no discussion there. I am with that one hundred percent. However, I am also of the mindset that they're thinking the long game here. And there is a, there is a solid chance that he might not even start playing again until a few weeks before the playoffs even. So if you, if you catch Anthony Davis off his rhythm, not even back in his game yet, and they get a first round draw, like say the Denver nuggets, like 
I'm just saying, man, that Western Conference playoff bracket, even though you only have like, like, let's say they catch like the Phoenix Suns in the first round, like a te- like a team like that. I think in the first couple of rounds, Lakers could be in genuine trouble. And so I, to me, I look at, when I look at my favorites, I think the Clippers, again, I, I'm, I'm with you on Paul George. You know, if I'm going to make that argument about Ben Simmons, I have to make that argument about Paul George. You got to be consistent. Um, but also, I firmly believe that Utah could be the up-and-coming franchise in the NBA as far as teams that are going to be a threat going forward. I am a firm believer in what they're doing over in Salt Lake City because Donovan Mitchell is a problem. So I think uh, I think the Western Conference um, to push back is not as lock and key as it seems. That is just my opinion. But also, I have made a I have had a terrible history on being on the wrong side of betting on betting for or against LeBron James because every time I say he can't do something, he goes out and does it, and it kind of pisses me off just a little bit. Yeah, like I'm not a. You know, I'm not a huge LeBron James fan, but I do. I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, the man can play. There's no doubt. There's no getting around that. But yeah, like you said, you know, he, uh, you know, you say he's no, he can't win. You know, this is first year. He can't win. You know, he goes, then he goes and, you know, wins them in, in Miami. And then he, he won on that, that Cleveland team that just was not, not good to be honest. Besides hey, J.R. Smith, the Hennessy yeah. God, come on <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah, they just weren't good. And he, uh, I mean, like you said, it's kind of kind of bring it back to this year. You know, you look at Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay and people saying he's not going to – he can't win in Tampa Bay. You know, he can't do it. And he's he's that that sort of, you know, legacy. You don't you don't bet against LeBron James for the most part because he's just going to go go get you one. Right. Yeah, no, 100%. I'm in agreement there. Um, but also, I, I do firmly believe that from top to bottom, the league, as the year as the years keep going to me, I think the league's only getting deeper as far as potential threats. Um, a team that I've been really disappointed in this year has been the Dallas Mavericks. I was also one of those firm believers that I thought they were going to take a leap this year. I also thought the Boston Celtics we're going to be a little bit scarier this year. And even though Jalen Brown has been balling, Jason Tatum um, has been a little inconsistent. Kemba Walker's still trying to find his footing, but man, Boston's been disappointing to me. I don't know if, I don't know if either of you guys agree with that or not, but um, I think the Eastern conference is very much, there are two teams that I take seriously and that is Brooklyn and that is Philly. And then there's just a, everybody else where it's like, Milwaukee is just this underperforming team with, you know, this generational talent that if they waste that, if they don't like see Giannis's potential and if he doesn't win a championship, I think that's going to look very poorly on, on the Milwaukee Bucks franchise, because like we said, he got his supermax, He got the money. They have him signed on, but if they can't bring anybody to come with him, and uh, and to help them win that chip, they are going to be in a, in a world of trouble because Giannis will definitely have some leverage there for sure. Um, do you guys have any other thoughts or any, anything you want to push back on before we move on to to a different topic? The East sucks. Like let's just <laughs> let's just be honest here. The East is terrible. I mean, you were talking about how the Lakers, if they're not careful, they could draw a tough matchup in the West. I think any matchup will be tough in the West. I mean, right now, as the standings are, one through eight, they're all above 500. In Memphis, as the ninth seed, they are 500. But in the East, I mean, yes, you have Philly and Brooklyn, who are majorly above 500. But after that, Milwaukee at 17 and 13, Boston – and Indy, sorry, Chris, 15 and 14, Raptors 500, Hornets, Knicks below 500. It's just, it's bad. It's, yeah. it's, it's bad. 
it's it is absolutely like you know tony not to bash on our pistons um but the fact that that the detroit pistons as of earlier this week were just they were like within reach of getting into the playing game at 8 and 21 that is pathetic <laughs> flat out pathetic and although i think i think the eastern conference i it, it i yeah okay Eastern Conference sucks. It it is not the level of the Western Conference. However, I would say that there are more teams now that can contend to go to the finals than before. But that's also just because LeBron James is no longer in that conference. Like that, I I think that's kind of the unfortunate truth. Like teams like Toronto, I don't take seriously anymore as far as a finals contender. Like I don't think they don't have nearly enough. Um, but yeah, the fact that yeah, I, I absolutely agree, Tony. To me, that's kind of been the, the biggest disappointment this year because I thought the East was going to take a step up this year, and that did not happen, literally at all. Um, Utah has been the biggest surprise to me this season, but I, I don't think that's news. I think that I think that's kind of just consensus. Um, but, Chris, do you have anything you want to add or you want to move on to talking the All-Star game? I'm good. Just ready to talk the All-Star game? Yeah, let's do it, man. So – all-Star, uh, the All-Star starting, starting lineups were announced, or the All-Star starters were announced. So it's going to be Team Kevin Durant uh, versus Team LeBron James. It's going to be taking place in Atlanta. First of all, do you guys think there should be an All-Star game this year? Like, what are you guys' thoughts on all that? I mean, I, I, I get why they're doing it. They yeah. need the money, but... Yeah. I mean, it, it's risky. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> really risky with how COVID is and everything. I, I don't know. I trust the NBA that they're going to figure it out. I mean, they've shown us with the bubble that they can make anything work. Right. But just be careful. That's all I'll say. Just be a little careful. You know what's my biggest question mark with this whole thing? You know, it's like, well, you know what boggles my mind? I just want to sit in the meetings with the owners, and I have to wonder why Atlanta was chosen as the city that this had to happen in. Like, because if you're talking about the worst city to possibly have the All-Star game when you don't want players to go out and party, like, here's a thought. Maybe don't pick the town that has Magic City in it. Like maybe don't pick like one of the like one of the strip club capitals of the world for for an NBA All Star game when you're trying to get these guys to not go out and party. Like, listen, man, Lou Williams even during the bubble left and went and got that go went and got those lemon pepper wings over at Magic City. Like, so to me, I absolutely like. I think from the sense of the fact that the NBA can pull off as much as they are, the fact that we even have a season right now is insane. But man, could they have just done like Charlotte or something? Could they have done like just insert the most boring basketball city here? Like Oklahoma City even, right? Like to me, when I think of like, no Atlanta, that's my question. That's my one qualm with it. Yeah, I'm I'm right there. I, I agree with both of you guys. I think that the way the NBA has done things, because like you said, they did the bubble last year, the way they've handled the season this year, and fans are slowly getting ready to come back to or they already are, you know, right at some some games. They're handling it in a you know a good way. So you can definitely I think the way they've handled things, you can trust them and and go forward with it, but like you said, it's it's kind of iffy, kind of risky, but I think it's shown we can trust the NBA with the way they've done things. Yeah, one hundred percent. I'm in agreement there. And you know, but the game, you know, whatever your thoughts are, the game is happening. The NBA is very much moving towards doing it. It looks like the three point competition and the NBA dunk contest are going to be done that day as well. It sounds like uh, the the three point contest I think is going to be pregame. And it sounds like they're going to do the dunk contest at halftime, which I think is pretty hype, to be honest. I think doing a, a halftime dunk contest is going to be awesome. Um, 
they're going to be bringing back um, the the Mamba rules that they put in last year with the um, with the 24 points in the fourth quarter, which to me was one of the best inventions in the All Star game because that that those that final quarter of last year's All Star game was my favorite All Star moment of all time. Just the way that they went out and honored Kobe, but also just actually made it competitive was just awesome. But anyway, the starting the starting uh, the starters for each conference. So with the West, we got Luka Doncic, Steph Curry, LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, and Kawhi Leonard. Pretty hard to argue with that five, except Damian Lillard, in my opinion, should be in there. That'd be my one qualm with the with the Western Conference. Other than that, would you guys say that's a pretty that's a pretty solid list of five right there? I mean, there's no big man in the in the West that deserves it more than Jokic. Kawhi is a stud. Yeah, I agree with you. Outside of Dame not getting in, I think those would be the the top five to vote in the West for sure. If you were to take out anybody in that starting five, to me, um, with Dame, I would put him. I would put him over Luka Doncic personally. I'll just say it. I'd start him over Luka. Yeah, that that one's a a toss up too for me. Like I think Dame does deserve being there, but it, like it's. It's hard to argue, Luca as well. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like he's he's that good. <laughs> I mean, but but Dame has had a a really good year, so I think you could look both ways at that one. But I, you know, I think your starting lineup too is, you know, I agree with their starting lineup. I but I also I agree too that Dame should be in there. But you, it's hard to go against right. Luca. It is also a popularity contest, so that yeah, that's, that's the true. other piece of it, um, and then. Uh, team uh, with team Kevin Durant or in, in the Eastern conference, you got, you got Kyrie, you have Bradley Beal, you have Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid. Why is, why is Kyrie Irving a starter over James Harden is my question. Maybe other than the, tra- like, I guess maybe the trade changes like his qualifications. Um, I know, I know Kyrie's a fan favorite. But to me, James Harden is flat out a more deserving starter to me than Kyrie Irving. Kyrie, when he's played, is having a heck of a season, but so is James Harden. Like the, the his playmaking abilities this year, his uh, how much he's scoring too on top of it. Um, I think, in my personal opinion, James Harden should be starting in the Eastern Conference. And even though, again, he's still going to be an all-star, it's still totally fine, whatever. James Harden should be starting. That's my one thing. But overall, um, I do like the starting five in the Eastern Conference. Anybody shout else? Shout out to Bradley the- Beal. Yeah, shout out Bradley Beal. A- absolutely well deserved. First starting, uh, first starting appearance in the All Star game. Is this his first All Star game? It can't be, right? I think he's been an All Star before. I'm not sure, honestly. Chris, do you mind looking that up for me? Um, while he does that, um, Tony, who who else needs to be in the All-Star game, and why is it Jeremy Grant? Well, you stole my thunder right then and there. <laughs> I, was, I was going to say Jeremy Grant. Um, yeah, that's a bit of a conversation now on Twitter because Jeremy's had a couple bad games throughout the right. past couple weeks, but you can't you can't crap on him for a few bad games when in general, this entire season, he has been phenomenal. I mean, I, I was not expecting Jeremy Grant to take this big of a leap when he signed here from Denver. I was expecting him to be better, but not this better. Um, Yeah. He, he, he should be an all-star to me. And I also think he's a front runner for most of blue player. Yeah, Vegas odds currently have him as well at the front as the front runner, most improved player. Um, to me, that is a very potential snub that I could foresee happening. But in my in my honest opinion, um, I do think coaches are going to give him the nod because that's where you know now it's kind of the coaches and um, and the players that kind of decide who's who else is in. But you cannot you cannot ignore what he's doing in Detroit this season. Uh, Chris, were you able to find out the answer, of Bradley Beal? Yeah, so he was – it's his third all-star appearance, actually. Okay. Okay. Number three, so he's 18 and 19. He was in there, and then 20, he just was left out, nothing. And then this year, 
he's got one. But going back to your statement on Kyrie over James Harden, yes, I can put I don't know why James Harden is not because you said Kyrie is a fan favorite, but like is he really though? Because like I mean, this this year, like he's just done like so many weird things, you know, and he just says some stuff. It's like, dude, what are you talking about? And I I think his heart is in the right place. I just don't think he has an idea of how to how to put it out there at all. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't know how to put it for the fans. So I don't know. Honestly, I mean, I don't know if he if that that might make him a fan favorite. I mean, I don't know. But I, I think I know he's lost some fans probably just because the way, you know, he's acted sometimes. But, yeah, I, I don't know. The way James Harden has played this this season, I, I don't know why Kyrie has started over him, to be honest. Yeah, for sure. I will say, though, I will say, though, despite, um, it, despite some of the things that have happened this year, Kyrie Irving on the offensive end might not be more unstoppable than he is right now because, oh, my gosh. However, Detroit Pistons get the, did get that dub over the Brooklyn Nets. So um, maybe uh, by association, maybe Jeremy Grant should be starting over them all. That's all, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm certainly excited about that. Um, I kind of want to close out with one more topic. Um, and this is kind of one that, so earlier this week or this past week, Chris and I did an emergency episode from half court when the Blake Griffin news came down, um, Tony, I, I know you've talked about it a little bit. Um, I kind of want to give you the floor for a second. Just what are, what are your thoughts on the Blake Griffin situation in Detroit? What are your thoughts on Andre Drummond? And uh, what, what do you think about, what do you think about what's going on there in general with both of them? Well, first of all, with Blake, I mean, I'm thrilled. <laughs> I'm, I'm straight up thrilled by that news. Um, you know, the, the situation with Blake, I mean, you're giggling, but honestly, yeah. my first reaction when I saw that was, yes, like, this is exactly what I'm looking for. My first reaction wasn't, oh, no, I'm sad because Blake's leaving. I mean, I love Blake, but this is so, so good for the Pistons rebuild. Because yeah, I'm giggling because I'm with you, but it hurts. You know what I mean? It's like, it, a, it's sad we got to this point, but we're at this point. It does stink that Blake gave his all in 2018-19 and his body has now fallen apart and here we are. Yeah, 100%. That, that does stink. But from where the Pistons are in their rebuild, it, this is really, really good for the direction of the team because if you can somehow move off of Blake – whether that would be through a buyout, which that probably seems more likely than a trade, but whether it's through a buyout or a trade, regardless, if you can move on from him, as we have seen already, that opens up a spot in the starting lineup, which it looks like that has already been given to Sadiq Bay, who was the Eastern Conference Player of the Week last week. That's now, that that's open, that starting lineup role. And then there's a lot more minutes also open for a guy like Sekou, who now that he's clear from concussion protocol, hopefully now he has some more minutes to be on the court. Because the thing with Seiku, as you know, Sean, is that it's been so inconsistent minute-wise with Seiku. Some nights yep. he'll play like – when Blake doesn't play, he'll play like 16 minutes, which is fine. But then on nights when Blake plays, he'll play like like four or five, you know? Right. Um. Here, here's so, my worry. Here's my worry with Seku. Not not to cut you off, Tony. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Um, with my with my thing with Seku is I absolutely agree. His minutes have been inconsistent, and I think he needs those minutes. But what I'm going to say as a warning to Detroit sports fans is: be careful what you wish for in the sense that he's going to get more minutes. But I think also we're going to see. Uh, I think we're going to see why Seku's been struggling to get on the court a little bit because of the fact that. Uh, I think he's going to struggle and I'm not saying that is a bad thing. I'm not, I'm not downplaying Seiku or criticizing him. It's just like I've told you before, I think he's our most raw prospect on the team. And I think that's still the case. That's just my, that's just my thoughts on Seiku. I agree with you, but I, I will also say this. I'd rather have Seiku on the court struggling than him sit on the bench. I agree that, so, that, that I agree. We yeah. 100%. 
Yeah. 100%. Um, so, again, with Blake being out, that opens up a role in the starting lineup, which, again, looks like it's going to Sadiq Bay, And that yep. opens up more minutes for people like Seku and maybe Savi, too. Because the thing with Savi and Sadiq Bay is that some nights one will play and the other won't. So now that there are extra minutes there, maybe we can see both at the same time. That's maybe, though. We'll see with Dwayne Casey going forward. But, yeah, I mean, it sucks because I do love Blake. And it um, it, it just it hurts because his body is the way it is now because he put it all on the line in 2018-19 with us. But this is this is so good for our rebuild. And it with is. regards to Andre, I mean – I got nothing to say there. <laughs> I, I got nothing to say there. Um, if Cleveland and Detroit don't want you, I, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. No, that's, that is spot on. Because if uh, Chris and I had a conversation about this on uh, last week's episode, our emergency episode, and we uh, kind of the, the conclusion we came to is, Blake is getting what he deserves in the sense that he's getting a chance to go out and try and get on a contender and get a, get a more, a role that's better suited for him. And Andre is getting what he deserves as well because of the fact that he, um, you know, I think this is going to, this is a big piece of humble pie for a guy that was expecting a big contract in free agency last season. Um, now realizing that um, he is a good NBA player when he's playing the right way of basketball, when, when he's not trying to handle the ball or be this Euro step finesse guy, that's trying to shoot threes. Um, When Andre actually commits to a role that he's actually meant to play, he can go out there and do well. But again, if Cleveland don't want you, if Detroit doesn't want you, Oh man, he is, you know, if he keeps heading this way, he's going to have some great starting minutes in somewhere like Sacramento and Charlotte because uh, he could be heading into the land of NBA irrelevancy pretty quickly. Um, But what I do want to talk about with that is um, after literally like a few hours after we recorded, Draymond Green had this press conference that to me was one of personally was one of my favorite press conferences I've seen from a player. Cause he just straight up came, came out. I was like, how's everyone doing? Here's what makes me angry about all this. And essentially to, to uh, uh, give the spark notes version, he talked about the double standard in the league of how a guy like um, James Harden says that he wants out of his city or Anthony Davis comes out and wants out and they're the villain. But when a team says, Hey, we're going to sit you, we're going to, we're going to not play you. Like, what do you think that does for to a player mentally? And why, why don't we look at teams the same way? Like they're just supposed to be professional. Right. And that was an angle that I never thought of it from before. I was like, you know what? That actually makes sense. And uh, sure. He, uh, the other thing was he also used the word castrate completely wrong in that. And I don't want to, I don't want to give him an anatomy lesson there. Cause uh, God, no. Um, <laughs> um, but Chris, since we kind of had that conversation and that angle was brought into it, uh, I kind of want to go to you first on that. What do you think about that? Do you think there is that double standard and, you know, if so, what, what do you, do you think there's differences? Like, I, I think some of it can be just each case is different. I just want to know your guys' thoughts. Yeah, I think, I think depending on how you look at it, there could definitely be a double standard. I think the way Draymond's looking at it, yes. But you also have to realize, and this is coming from just my perspective, you look at the reputation of the player that they've had. Right. So, so you look at, you know, Draymond, he said, okay, yeah, Detroit doesn't want you. Now Cleveland doesn't want you. And just his, like, the way he has handled those situations and the way, you know, he has portrayed those situations. You mean Andre? Yeah. 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 Yep. So just the way he has, you know, handled those situations just hasn't, hasn't gone well. And James Harden, on the other hand, you know, he's been with, I mean, he was with OKC and then, you know, he's in Houston, but. I think because he is the – and this is where the double standard part comes in. He is, he was the big dog in Oklahoma – or in uh, in Houston. Yeah. And so he's just like, I want out. And people are like – people want him, though. People wanted James Harden. 
not not a lot of people want Andre Drummond. So there is a double standard, but you just look at the reputation of the player and are they do teams actually want them? You know, that's that's the big part of of this whole situation. Right. For me, uh, I do think Draymond's right because if you guys saw in college basketball, not to steer away from the NBA, but in college basketball, um, I think his name is Jalen Johnson with Duke. He opted out. Yep. And I remember seeing an article, and I, I don't remember who wrote it, but the headline mentioned the word quit, how Jalen Johnson quit on Duke in the program. And that just goes right into what Draymond was talking about because in a situation with Blake and the Pistons, for example, no one's talking about the Pistons quit on Blake or something like that. Um, I'm not sitting here saying the Pistons quit on Blake. You know, the the conversation after that is, okay, the two sides are moving on and it's good for both sides. But in this Jalen Johnson situation, people are making it out to be that Jalen Johnson quit on Duke even though he's doing what's best for his future. But right. yeah, I, I, I do agree with, with what Draymond said. And I think the Jalen Johnson example kind of is kind of um, proof in itself there. Yeah, that, that I agree with for sure. I think there is an interesting dynamic that um, when a team's looking out for its future, then it's just business. That's just the way it is. Um, but when a player is looking out for their future it's personal <laughs> you know what i mean um i will say the o- the one thing to me that doesn't make it just flat out the same scenarios on both sides is the fact that the dynamics different in the sense that if a player's leaving it's like well you're still on contract with this team they still cut your checks um they still um they're still committed to you in the sense that 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 they signed you and that you're still on their roster um so to me that certainly does play a role um i I will say the like one situation that like he he brought up anthony davis and things like that i didn't like how anthony davis handled that situation just in the sense that on his last game in new orleans i don't know if you saw but he wore the shirt that said that's all folks and stuff like that and just all throughout the year just made it pretty apparent that he didn't want to be there granted they benched him they wouldn't play him in fourth quarter key situations there's ways that they'd handled it too that were not the greatest however um i I think to me that the difference is when you know i I think it's totally okay when players want out right that that makes total sense james harden to me i would do the same thing if i was in his situation because houston was not going anywhere and he knew that I think he was just trying to make a, make a move that was best for him and best for the franchise. But it's, it's different when you do handle it differently in public, when the team tries to kind of handle it behind back doors. You know, to me, there's not a perfect solution, but I think it is a conversation that we need to have that like these guys aren't villains. They're just trying to look out for themselves and what they need to do for their career. Because with James Harden, this is a legacy move. 100% a legacy move and he's betting on himself for sure. But I mean, he, you gotta. Yeah. Yeah. I think James Harden, I was talking uh, with somebody about this and I was like, it is the best move for his career. Cause you know, in Houston, he's the main guy there. The fans love him. The city mm-hmm. loves him. So why the heck would you leave? You know, but like you said, it's a legacy move. He wants to go win his championships and that was the place for him. I mean, like you said, I, I would do – if I'm James Harden and I had his career, I would I would do the same thing. To be honest, I'm getting out. I want to win a championship. But, yeah, it's not a, about – it's not all about him, though, anymore, too, because he wants to have a team. Because if it, if it were all about him, he'd just stay in Houston. Because he had everything, you know, that you could want. The city loves you, fans love you. And uh, everything ran through you <laughs> on offense. I mean, you right. got to do what you want. And now you go to Brooklyn – and you've got two other, you know, offensive powerhouses on your team. And so he's he's out here, like you said, just trying to, I want to say build the resume because he's already built built his own resume. But mm-hmm. add add to what is already a very impressive resume. For sure. 
And, and with that, with that Jalen Johnson example, I think that's a really good one too, because you have guys tweeting, Oh, well he quit. But in reality, it is the thing of, Oh, but, but colleges don't give to give these guys paychecks. Like I, I am such a proponent of what the G league ignite is doing and what the NBA is doing to allow these guys to have an alternate solution um, to go into the league or to get development in a different way. Um, it is weird to see Jarrett Jack in like, uh, in like, um, um, I think it was Amir Johnson, like these guys that like I watched play basketball for years, just playing with these kids in the G league now. But yeah, I am, I am absolutely fascinated as to how that's going to change over time. And also I'm, I'm fascinated to see how the, how the conversations that the NBA is having about this is going to affect other sports, because I think you're already starting to see it like not to go too deep into football, but like the player empowerment movement is happening throughout sports. Now you got Deshaun Watson with all the power in the world in Houston right now, in my personal opinion, it just the way that the NBA is like at the forefront of a lot of these things is one of the reasons why I love it so much because you see it change and impact other sports too. Not to go into hockey talk here, but you mentioned how you mentioned how that, that, that effect of player movement, if you will, is going to other sports. It's in Mm -hmm. the NHL too. And you almost never seen in the NHL, but um, there was a player who used to be in Columbus and he was like, eh, I want out. And everyone was like, Whoa, you never see that in the NHL. And now he's in, right. he got, he got traded to Winnipeg. So you are correct when you say that it is moving into a lot of different sports and it really did start in the NBA. Yeah. Maybe it'll be in baseball in 20 years. Who knows? You know, you have these guys uh, that sign these, these 14, 15 year contracts worth $350 million, you know, impossible to move but man yeah i the nba is certainly at the forefront of it but i i'm i'm so excited to see how this season turns out and also just the the short-term implications of what a lot of these things mean but also the long term too because i mean you know elephant in the room um march madness is a very big thing and is a huge money maker for college sports and one of the things that sways it that sways its ratings are guys like zion williamson guys that can come or guys like Lonzo ball who are big names, big prospects that are also going to go to the league. You know what I mean? So if you see a lot of those guys opt to go to Australia, like, like LaMelo did, if you see guys that opt to go to the G league ignite, like J like, uh, like some of these kids have done, I think you're certainly going to see, um, you're going to see some things changing here for sure. And I think college is kind of going to be forced their hands going to be forced here pretty quickly. So I think it's going to be pretty interesting. Um, But on that note, I think that is a great way to end this episode. Uh, Tony, thank you so much for being here, man. I always just, you know, after the last episode, it was just a lot of fun just to, you know, continue texting about sports and talking more. And, you know, I definitely see you as a good friend at this point. And uh, uh, do you want to just quick tell people where you, where they can find you, what, what you're doing these days, anything you want to plug? Well, first of all, thank you for having me back on and for having me back as your first returning guest. That's a good title. Yeah, Tony, you're getting all these firsts over here, man. I love it. Thanks for having me back on. And um, as Sean mentioned already, I am on Twitter at Tony Dabrowski. That's at Tony D-O-M-B-R-O-W-S-K-I. And you can also hear my radio show slash podcast on Monday's Trash Talk with Tony Dabrowski. Yep. Trash talk with Tony Dabrowski is a great one. I still would love to be on at some point, by the way. So if you ever, don't, don't you worry, I will get you on eventually for sure. There you go. Chris, my, one of my regulars, one of my knights in shining armor, Knobzilla, where can they find you? What do you got going on? Yes. You can find me on Twitter at Chris Knoblet three and a Sean's favorite Instagram at Knobzilla 34. So Yep, that's his favorite right there. It's and not then, Zilla, baby. Yep, and then also be on the lookout for my my podcast starting up in the next week or so. So be on the lookout for that. Not to say I I influenced that or anything, but you definitely sealed the deal. I will say that <laughs> you know I I was you know it was always in my mind I'm like man I got to start a podcast. Then then you had me on. I was like yeah yeah I'm doing this thing now. Heck yeah, there you go. 
And then again, you can find me on Twitter at Sean Ye West 255, S-E-A-N-E-S-E-A-N-Y-E West 255. Uh, give us a good rating. Share with your friends. Again, this is from Half Court. I'm Sean Murphy. You can find us each and every week, Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. on podcast services of your choosing. And we will catch you next time from Half Court. 